The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Ajay, how are you today? Uh, Eric. Are you good? I am fair. You're fair? I'm fair. I heard it on a TV show, Little House on the Prairie. I want to start using it more. That you're fair? I'm fair. Not too high, not too low, just steady as she goes. Even keel? Even keel. Or no, odd keel. (laughs) Uh, That would probably be a better word to use to describe you as odd. Mm. Mm. Hey, you know know what? Odd keel. Odd? Okay, you are using nepotism. In this building. I am not using you nepotism. You are using nepotism. I have not hired you any family member. You are showing special treatment to a family member. He is not a family member. He he talks like you. He looks like you. He acts like you. Okay, now you're going too far. Oh, I've talked to him and you, and I both think. I keep calling him Eric all the time, too. I'm like, hey, Eric. Oh, wait. Your name is... Blah, blah, blah. Oh, we just hired a kid to help us board up, and he reminds me of my nephew. I just mentioned that, and now you're like, oh, it's nepotism. Nepotism. He's not my nephew. Thank we are you. not related in the slightest. <clears throat> well, we haven't done a DNA test or anything. Well, maybe we should do the 23andMe thing, <laughs> figure this thing out. The quicker, the better. Hey, while you're filling out some paperwork, can we do a quick saliva swab? <laughs> just want to make something clear make sure. to the world. And then, and then you go and you hire a BYU intern. I didn't hire anybody. Okay, Mr. BYU. Like I said, I have, and now I have to watch everything I, I no, say I because I don't hire, want to offend him. We, we did hire a board up, and I was involved with that hire. Great. Yeah, you hired your nephew, and now you, and then we hired a BYU guy. We are on a roll over here. If there's any Aggies who are not related to Eric France, and we'd love to have you. It's a pretty wide field. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know why you all of a sudden got so selective. Takes a certain person to be able to deal with you every day. Well, look, I am the reason that we are where we are. <laughs> Stuck in the back corner of the building. <laughs> <laughs> no. Given, given no, the beautiful valley, we are upgraded country. from where we began this show. Yeah, we were you stuck had, in a closet. You had Mitch Heinlein, Heinlein, yeah, John Newbold, John Russell was all right. No, this show on this station, we oh. Started off in a little uh, closet, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were rough days. Those were, those were great, dude. We were just hanging out in a little closet corner and just, you know. Got hot in there. Did get hot. I had to smell you. It was too small. What the heck? I was too what close to you. What is your problem? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you... So- okay, look. Listen, fans. I want you to delete the last 15 seconds of what you just heard in your minds and reset yourselves mentally, and we shall do the same thing. Ready? Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson on that side. I'm Audrey Salveson here. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Grateful to have you joining us, however, wherever you are. Don't forget, you can also stream us online at 1069thefan.com. And don't forget, you can also find us on the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just type in the Full Court Press. Eric, say my name, and you will get the very best of the best. Were you, like, trying to clock yourself? Is that pretty amazing really or what? That, that awesome? It's like one of those commercials where you hear it at the end. Like a legal disclaimer yeah. right there. Uh, Barry's not included. <laughs> uh, I mean, Eric- I'm very responsible for the contents of this message. 
something you practice on. Hey, we got an. Ex- I may or may not have had to say something already. <laughs> hey, we got an extremely short show today. Uh, about well, right now, thirty-five minutes long. As Skyview Boys Basketball gets ready to take on Corner Canyon in that really awesome, what a cool experience for them in the Elite Eight tournament to uh, face off some against really good basketball teams. Really test their metal here. Yeah, so we actually have multiple teams in tournaments going on uh, today. One playing right now as we speak. Mountain Crest is up in Preston, taking on Bonneville. A little bit later on this afternoon, it'll be Green Canyon, and they'll be facing, uh, shoot, <coughs> didn't have the paper in front Come of on. Middleton? No. Yep, you're right. Uh, and then uh, Preston will play the uh, later game. They'll face Star Valley. Uh, that's the, the tournament going on in Preston. Um so the Mountain Crest game is going on right now. I think they're still in the third quarter. They may be just getting ready to start the fourth. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's on our sister station, 107.7 FM. Here on our station, Skyview, they're involved in a different tournament. This was down in American Fork. It's the Utah Elite Eight tournament. And, and both of these are true tournament fashions. It's if you win, you go into the winner's bracket. If you lose, you go into the consolation bracket. Uh, and then you could still have opportunities to play. You have a guaranteed number of games. You're going to play three games, but you could win the tournament. You could just have three games that you play and may lose all three. But uh, Skyview's down in American Fork. Hurricane John Newbold's down there. He'll be calling the games for us here on The Fan. Now, if Skyview wins, we will have a show tomorrow. If they lose, we will not have a show tomorrow. We'll be so sad and depressed. Yes, that you will not have Not be able to come into the building. Oh, actually, I'll be kind of bummed out because we have such a great weekend ahead of us uh, with some games that we don't get to talk about. So we got to do it all in 40 minutes. But you're right. If they they do lose, they play an earlier game. 3.30. Consolation bracket. And so they would be in the middle of their games when we would have our show. So. That we'll step aside for them. Take precedence. Uh, hey, really quickly, speaking of presidents, Eric, Eric, what a cool, cool announcement that you guys have been able to put together uh, for next Friday for all the great Aggie fans of the world. Oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. So uh, thanks to our program director. He did a great job uh, kind of mining opportunities wherever they are and found an opportunity Thanks to the the folks associated with the Frisco Bowl, we will have the bowl game on the radio. Where you can hear it. Yes, where it'll be easily accessible to hear on your radio, in your car, in your home, on your smartphone, on your desktop, wherever you may be, we're going to have it. So um, Al Lewis and Craig Hislop, myself, Ryan Bohm, will still do a two-hour pregame. And then uh, we, we're going to have the, the, the bowl game that uh, will have full play-by-play coverage. And uh, that'll be on KVNU. And if I'm not mistaken, we're going to simulcast it over here. We are. Uh, because, oh, let's be honest, when we have such great coverage of the Aggies for their final game of the season, for the final game of Jordan Love's career as an Aggie, we want to make sure you get the very absolute best coverage of that possible so what we're going to do is we're going to actually simulcast that game on 106.9 The Fan. So here on one of this very station and on our sister station, 610 AM KVNU, you will hear that pregame brought to you by Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, Ryan Bowman, and of course, our very own Eric Franson, who will give you the best great coverage, getting you ready for Kent State, Utah State. And then after the game, on those same stu- two stations, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and 610 AM, you'll get the postgame as well from Al, from Craig, from Ryan. Uh... 
just really, really cool experience. And we thank our program director for all his help. I And by the way, we will also have the Las Vegas Bowl and the oh. Idaho Potato Bowl. That Las Vegas Bowl, honestly, I think is one of the most intriguing bowls Absolutely. of the bowl season. Absolutely. Outside of the college football playoff. Yeah. Because you've got a, a, a coach on his way out. Uh, so that alone is interesting. Chris Peterson is stepping aside from Washington. But he's playing Boise State, his old team. Yep. So, and is it Brian Harson's last game as a Broncos coach? Does he maybe take a job elsewhere and move on after the season? Yeah, Boise State's ranked. It's an opportunity to put another feather in their cap. So that's a big time bowl game, and we're going to have it right here on, on one hundred six nine. Yep, on one hundred six nine, the fan you'll hear uh, you'll hear it in its entirety, and then we'll also have the Idaho Potato Bowl, which features Nevada versus Ohio Bobcats. So. Uh, what a, what a cool thing for uh, for this station to have. Where, where we really look forward to it again next Friday here on this very station. We will have the Frisco Bowl, Utah State versus uh, Kent State with the pregame and postgame of, of Eric Franson, our very own Eric Franson, and then Al Lewis, Craig Hislip, and Ryan Bohm. Uh, and you'll get the postgame as well. Don't want to miss it. You do not want to miss it. Make sure you jump in on that and uh, and be a part of that. We'll we'll promote it throughout the week via social media, via here on this uh, on the fan on this very own show. Um, but uh, what a cool experience! We're excited to announce that for you all. And there will be more to come. By the way, in regards of announcements of events that are going to be on this station, we yeah, are not done. Really cool. Yet. What's awesome is that with this station is we've been able to get the best in sports talk in sports programming. Uh, really, in the, in the numbers have just recently come out about the the personalities on Fox Sports Radio. They are growing uh, their audience. They're continuing to beat uh, in the, uh, others in their same time slots in national categories. So we have the best national talkers, and uh, we've got the NFL. We've got college football that we've been playing on here. We've, we're adding bowl games, and there are even more exciting things that we're, we're adding. Uh, in the mix here on the fans. So really, really fun to see how it's evolving and how we're bringing you the premier stuff that's out there for sports. I'll, you know, we have the jazz here. So yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff that's going on here on the fan. It's really exciting to be a part of it. Yep. Again, again, just one more time, Utah State Aggie football will be on this very station on 106.9 The Fan, of course, our 610 AM station, sister station with the game, pregame and postgame involved I can't wait for you guys to kill it. I am so excited to hear you guys pregame and to be able for everybody to be able to hear the game itself will be such a wonderful breath of fresh breath of fresh air for the whole entire valley. Right, it'll so. be easy to find, easy to hear. Yep, wherever you are on clear uh, as next could Friday. Be. So, uh, hey, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I don't know. Where, I mean, we got a lot to talk about here in a very short amount of time. Utah State BYU Saturday. Just in case we don't have a show tomorrow, uh, we need to kind of dive in that Utah Jazz get a big win over Minnesota. And where Donovan Mitchell, where everyone just kind of looked in sync for once. So beautiful. About dang time, too. Let's talk about Utah State and BYU first. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we're not sure if we have a show tomorrow or not. If we do, we'll dive into it again in a little bit more detail. And we might even have someone on there, by the way, for an interview and get to know you of the BYU Cougars. Yeah, if they pick up their phone and we get the right phone number. Okay, you know what? That's not entirely my fault. <laughs> Howdy no, duty over there could have helped me out a little bit. Troy Calhoun? <laughs> what? Stop it. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. So Utah State BYU Saturday night in this in the Vivint Smart Home Arena, part yeah. of the Beehive Classic. The final game of this thing that ever happened, by the way. After three years, they've decided to no longer continue it. Really? Yep. They are oh, going I to eliminate the Beehive Classic. This uh, so tomorrow or Saturday night's game will be the final game of the Classic itself. They will no longer continue it after. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that. Yep. Um, I'm kind of sad to hear that. Are I kind of sub- liked it. Okay, okay, well, so I like the-, the format where you could see two games with one ticket. Amen. I don't like the format this year where Bingo. you only have one or the other. I don't know why they changed either. I mean, they, they don't have any good rhyme or reason to do it. Uh, are you surprised by the lack of attendance for the game? I have no idea what ticket sales are like. Well, okay, so if you go back to the first year, it wasn't really well attended at all. No, but it was really expensive. Yeah, and so they lowered the prices last year, supposedly, and it was well attended for BYU and Utah, of course. We were saying Utah State was okay. Utah State and BYU is a big one for both teams. Both of them could really use that, and you could actually call it a quad one win at this point, both ways. Uh, and for Utah State, who hasn't beaten BYU since 2011, this might be BYU's, and I. this is crazy to say, might be BYU's most talented squad since 2011. This is how good they are. As I, as I watched them on film against Nevada, you've seen a little bit of them as well. It's Man, it's hard to argue with that, just how good they look right now. now they were playing uh, how many? Eight games mm-hmm. start of the season without Yoli Childs. He had that thing that NCAA came down a little hard on him uh, for when he explored the NBA as an option or transferring and then decided to come back. Uh, but So he's missed some time, but since he has been back, he's been as dominant as we remember him being last year. Um, but while he was away, they still played some pretty good basketball. You could tell that they missed having him and they missed the, the type of size and physicality that he brings in the post because once he's sits there's not a whole lot there that re- to replace him but what the way they were getting around that is a superior play from Jake Toulson and TJ Haas <clears throat> Toulson just fit right in transfer from Utah Valley yeah. and uh, shooting well from beyond the arc uh, and uh, TJ Haas gets is improving as well as far as him uh, finding his own shot and creating his own shot where before he was more of a spot-up guy. So they, they really have three big weapons that Utah State's going to have to contend with on Saturday. It was really interesting, and you brought up a great point about Kansas. Uh, can you just share that point with our listeners about the Kansas game? Yeah, so I watched uh, probably the, the game that I've watched the, the most of for BYU was that was watching some of the games at the Maui Classic. Which, by the way, Coach Smith had said to us that he that's one of the first games he watched was that Kansas game, by the way. So it was close first half, and then Kansas really pulled away in the second. But what, one of the things that they were doing defensively is what I thought was the most interesting, is they were pretty much doubling up Jake Tolson or doing everything they could to not let him touch the ball. They saw him as the big threat that the offense, if they can keep it out of his hands, it kind of stagnates or puts too much pressure on T.J. Haas to do everything himself. Because they didn't have Yoli Childs at the time. So that's... It is different now than where they were then, but it was working really effectively for Kansas at the time. Um, to, uh, that, that BYU was having a hard time getting their offense flowing because Toulson was basically negated 
with how they were d using him defensively. Which means they really had to use a lot of TJ Hawes, and he had to carry the ball a lot. I mean, it was a lot of dribbling by TJ Hawes and Everything not going go anywhere. Him. Yeah. yeah, and then so all of a sudden Harding has to come out, and and nobody could make a shot in the second half for BYU. And in fact, the way they played Tolson, if I remember right, it's been kind of similar to the way a lot of teams, like I look at Nevada last year and watch the way they played Sam Merrill, where he come off a curl screen, but then there's someone right there to cut off that screen, and eliminate and deny the pass to get him the ball to come off on the wing. Right. And yeah. that's exactly what they were doing with Tolson. Too. I mean, anywhere Tolson was, they shadowed him with a second guy to come off and cut off any chance he could get a pass. And that's why TJ was doing so much dribbling. It was, I mean, it was a good idea. The crazy thing is that, I mean, Nevada had the blueprint for that, and I feel like they had at least some talent. And they, I mean, ran, I mean they did totally the opposite. It was a stick one-man side. One on one with Tolson, and Tolson just lit them up, and gave. I mean, and because of that, then they doubled Tolson, but it just gave other guys options, and it was way too late. Just an impressive win, a thirty-two point win uh, over Nevada. Yeah, they they killed Nevada. Nevada didn't help themselves. They shot. Oh, they shot horribly horrible. from yeah. beyond the arc. Normally, they're pretty decent three-point shooting team, but Missed they were every look possible too. They, they had awesome. some great looks. Yeah, uh, you know, another thing that's kind of stuck out to me is that Utah State has gone into the half leading in every single game so far this season. Crazy enough, against BYU, they have not led in the half in the last five games. Interesting, and I think that's going to be a big if they can at least have the lead or keep this game within five going into half. I like their chances. Last year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were down. Sorry, I'm just looking up here. At half. 53-30. Yeah, they were down by 19 and a half. And I think a, a big chunk of that was thanks to Nick Emery, who was, I mean, had one of those nights where you just couldn't do anything about it. When the guy banks in a three from the right corner, I mean, in the very right corner of the hoop and banks it in. What do you do, right? You just know it's not going to be your night. So they were down by 19 last year at half, and they cut it to 12 about four or five times and couldn't really get over the hump. Uh, and they were really physical oh, with yeah. Sam Merrill. And they beat he up Demetrius Ketich. He was knocked on the floor left and right. Uh, it was a one-on-one -on -one battle with Childs and uh, Ketta. Childs had the better of it. Ketta was just way out of his atmosphere at yeah, that point. Ketta really just, hadn't come into his own just yeah, yet. Yeah, we were still working on that. And speaking of which, now that he's going to, you think, he, and you would imagine, that he will play heavy minutes versus Yuli Childs. Uh, I would imagine that he does. What are you worried about him not playing in St. Catherine, at least logging in a couple minutes to make sure he's got his legs underneath him? Or are you confident with all those games last year that he's now settled himself in, he should be ready to go against a really good BYU basketball team? The only thing that I worry about is game shape. Um, I, I think that he's getting good work in practices, but um, game shape is different than practice shape. Uh, so... He looked a little bit gassed in the, when he first got on the floor in the game on Saturday. But when he came out in the second half, he looked fine. I, I'm not really worried about that. Um, he, I'm sure he, he may still be on a minutes restriction. I don't know what that is. If it's bumped up to 10 minutes a half, 8 minutes a half, before uh, it was only 5. He's not on a minutes restriction versus BYU. But... Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not really worried about Keta. 
really? being rusty. Okay. I think he'll be okay. But who do you think needs to be the X factor for Utah State? You, you, you know, expect Keta to play well. You yeah. expect Sam Merrill to play well. Who needs to be that X factor, that maybe unheralded hero to have a really good game to see Utah State win this one convincingly or just take care of business and say, yep, we got this? That's a good question. I got two guys in mind and for two different reasons. One, Brock Miller looked really good when he was in rhythm in the second half, right? Mm, I mean, he was, what, one of six or one of 12 from three at one point. Then finally hit like six straight where he couldn't miss. Um, Or five straight, I should say, where he finished six of, I think, 18 from deep. If he can catch rhythm and take some pressure off of Sam, take some pressure off of Justin Bean, take some pressure off of Keta, maybe take a little bit of pressure off of Brito even. It's going to be enormous. Uh, the other guy that's going to be interesting for me is Diogo Brito. He's got a he's going to have a tough, tough job of guarding. I mean, usually he's guarding their best player because it takes pressure off of Sam from exhausting himself from doing so. Brito's going to have his hands full on Saturday night, whether it's Tulson, whether it's Haas, whether it's I mean Harding. Even it's just there. There's a lot of talented guys, even coming off the bench, that Brito's going to have to face, and he's going to have to stick them uh, and. So for me, Brito and Miller really come to mind. Doris is going to have to have another nice game. I think Doris, as a, I mean, does he back up Keta? Ooh, that's a good question. Because Bean's played a little bit of the five, but if if you imagine Keta starts, Bean plays the four. Doris maybe backs him up. Doris is, and by the way, Doris has never seen the likes of a Yoli Childs. Not no, yet. Not yet. And that guy is a different animal on the court, and he can do it from any part of the court. That's how incredibly talented he is. Dorius has to be aware. Head on a swivel, you know, on the balls of his feet, just trying to disrupt anything that he can to get Yuli Childs going because you know they want a game going early because that's what they did last year yeah. and it was a runaway game. It's true. It's for me, I'm kind of like you. I have two guys in mind. I, ha- I can't settle on either one. Sure. Uh, one is Alfonso. Uh, that's I, a good one. He <laughs> could play a, a big one, role Eric. in the paint, but also playing multiple positions. Uh, I think he was. He was definitely rusty um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, about a week and a half ago. Really struggled at, at playing a starting position in that game at St. Mary's. But I think that uh, he's get, kind of getting back into a rhythm again. I think he could play a really big role. And the other one for me is Justin Bean. Uh, it's hard to call him an X-factor, an unheralded hero, <laughs> how he's played so far this season. But um, last year, he he didn't do anything against BYU. Did he even get minutes? I don't even know if he got minutes last year uh, against the Cougars. He yes, came he along did. a lot later in the season, and he's been fantastic so far this year. I think that he could be a real X factor for Utah State in that game Saturday night. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Justin Bean, yeah, and, and it's weird for us to say that or for you to say that because, like you said, he's he's averaging a double-double at this point. I mean, and he leads he leads the nation in double doubles. He leads the Mountain West Conference and by a wide margin in double doubles. But it's going to be a very like you said last year. BYU just out physical Utah State and beat them up. Justin Bean is the most physical guy on this court. He's going to need to be again. Justin Bean did not play did not last play. year because I was going to say I think Cruange started that game. Cruange started. Yep. And, but I think that was kind of where the third was still on the team at that point. If I remember right, that was kind of the downward hill for Cruange's minutes. Yes, because they figured out pretty quickly that look Porter's 
this Porter's Porter just IQ had a better handle and, on yeah, things. it was starting to kind of the shadow was starting to show itself. Yeah, of of uh, where uh, Crew Angels minutes were going to go to, and it was the best decision that that Coach Smith could have made. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they haven't seen the likes of a Justin Bean, but again, Doris hasn't seen the likes of a Yoli Childs, and that's what scares me so yeah. very much. Childs had thirty one points, Dude, had seven like, boards, five steals, an assist, and a block. Yeah, by the way, that block came monster. in the first half, and it was a monster block. I mean, yes. he met, I think it was, was an angel at the rim, and he put it off the backboard. And then 20, was it 16 or 20 of his 31 points came in the first half. Like, he just lit Keta up. Keta was standing, I remember, I remember a play so vividly. Uh, it, was a, it was a double screen to Emery. Blocked off, and so they go inside Yoli Childs. Yoli gives it back out to Haas, and then crawls to the wing on the right side, catches the uh, the wing pass, stands above the above the arc, and Keta is standing at the block still, and he just looks like I mean he just looked dazed and confused. And Yoli pulls up from three and hits it from the arc, and it gave him like a thirteen point lead and set that place on fire. Um, that was uh, that that was that game last year was Nick Emery's return. Yep. Nick Emery and had there the, had been a suicide on campus earlier that yeah, week, so there was a lot of emotion one of those going around. Days, man, and they th- that was a and big game for BYU. Nick hit his first shot too. I think he hit a straightaway three, and then he freaking banked in the one in the corner, and it just. And I remember Craig. I remember this. Craig just crushing, almost crushing his cup, and just looking at his staff and saying, "It's not our night." All of a sudden, it was f- what fifty three thirty four, and this thing was over by half. All right, uh, we hope to have maybe a little bit more time tomorrow yeah. to talk about Gosh, it. Dang it. I hope so. We don't know. Come on, Sky. Depends you. on what happens tonight for the Bobcats. But uh, at least we got a little bit of that in for Utah State and BYU. So Saturday at 5, KVNU game night, one-hour pregame, a full one-hour pregame because it's an important game. Every Aggie game is important, deserves at least an hour of pregame. And uh, so that'll go from 5 until 6. The game will be shown on BYU TV if you can't make it down there. I understand there's still a lot of tickets available. Yeah, there's a ton. So Upper Bowl is really not that expensive if if price is a concern. Um, but anyway, when the game is uh, over, Al Lewis, John Russell will be back on the air breaking it down. What, what happened and what does it mean for what's next for Utah State? All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, Utah Jazz did play last night. A little bit uh, into that. And there's been some coaching changes in the Mountain West. And our pick six, six things we think might happen this weekend. It's all coming up next here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. By the way, I ordered something from there online, went there, and it was ready to go in like five minutes. I was in the bathroom, and so I couldn't call them. So I just got online, and I ordered it, got done with what I was doing in the bathroom, and then went and picked it up in five minutes. It was amazing. I was impressed. I hope you took time to make sure everything was good before you left. No, they had everything in the bag. Yeah, they had the sandwich. All the bathroom. Oh, yeah. We didn't need a side of anything that you may bring with you. So Utah Jazz are, uh, you know, 
in this, speaking of poop, poo-poo, <laughs> Jazz. They are a poo-poo. They looked good last night. They finally actually looked, they actually looked like a cohesive it's a team. a really good team. Like, and it was a lot of ball movement. And it was really nice to see Coach Snyder actually give a crap, too. Because for like the longest stretch of games, I just thought he quit coaching. <laughs> Joe Ingles has been in the starting lineup since oh, Connolly has been out. Makes a difference. Do they need to ha- keep having Ingles in the starting yes, lineup? Yes, 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 and yes. Even if it of even if it hurts Conley's minutes at this point, it's working. Why fix it? Oh well. And I thought Moutier had one of his better games we've seen the in a long time. The best game he's had probably this season. And it, because he was playing so well, Exum never even saw the court. Yeah, Exum. I think that's more just Quinn Snyder hates Exum. I, I I come to that point that where Quinn Snyder is like trying to tell Lindsay a message of look I don't like this guy I don't know why he drafted him but he sucks and he's not worth my time so get him off we're not playing him why are we he really him? does it man out of four possessions that were three positive and one negative he then pulled him out because he's like I'm not doing this anymore Moutier had the the best plus minus of any Jazz player he was plus fifteen what's his line thirteen points two assists two blocks. Five rebounds, one turnover. So the thing for me is the reads he was making this time. On one, he was on the left wing, right, took a left-handed dribble, stopped, gave to the Bajanovic for a three in the corner because he saw the double coming. The next time, no double showed up. He was one-on-one, went to the hoop, draw the foul, got two free throws. If he could just make good, consistent reads, he's going to see great minutes. When he's making bad reads, we got Dante Exum coming on, which doesn't make Snyder happy. Which puts pressure on Exum, and then Exum sucks. I still would like to see Moutier more of a distributor than a scorer. What was Conley's line? Mike Conley? It was zeros. He didn't play? Okay. No, he's not back from injury yet. Time out. I swear. Maybe I was watching the wrong game. I don't know what game you're watching, but Mike Connolly was not dressed for the Jazz. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, because I watched the game a little bit... Oh, I... I missed a lot of the games. I watched highlights last night, and then I watched some highlights today. I swear I saw Conley on the court. I must have been watching, like, another game from when they played. I thought Gobert was fantastic. Uh, 16 boards, two blocks. He had one of them on Two steals, uh, 20 points. And Carl Anthony Towns just will not go into the post when when he's in there. Yeah. See, that, which is crazy, because I think Carl Anthony Towns could have success in the post. Yeah, he's not that bad. Yeah. He, man, but he can hit from deep, can he? He's got yeah. that little rainbow arc And that's one of the jumper. what killed him in one of the games they played against Minnesota. Is he just yeah. kept hitting from Couldn't outside. Hit couldn't outside, stop yeah. him. But it was more of a team thing for the Jazz. Boyan Bogdanovich is in a little bit of a shooting slump. But uh, everybody else seemed to be more engaged, passing the ball around. George Niang had some quality minutes. So it was a good win for the Jazz. Now they turn around and they'll have uh, the Golden State Warriors come into town on Friday night. That team is, man, I'm telling you right now. I said this on the show last week, I think. Warriors are bad right now. Now, they had five years of greatness, and we're like, yeah, woohoo, you know? They suck finally. Watch out, because next year they get Green, Curry, Thompson back, and they're also vying for one of the top three picks in the draft. They're going to be back next year with a vengeance. With a big chip on their shoulder. So buckle up and strap tight, <laughs> because that train's going to be coming, like, head towards with reckless abandon towards the whole entire NBA to just wreck everybody's lives. It's coming back for 2020-21 uh, season, and it's going to look really ugly for a lot of teams. 
So enjoy it while you can, but just know that there's like that revenge train. It's on its way. Uh, Andre, let's do this. Let's get into our pick six real oh, quick. Shoot, yeah, we got to hustle, don't we? Let's uh, six. So on Thursdays, we go through the six things we think might happen. We I, have pushed two weeks in a row. By I the way, I pick three, he picks three, and we'll see who is uh, yeah who comes out on top. Although the last couple of weeks we haven't. We haven't done the tiebreaker, so we keep pushing. Oh. So we keep end up being tied, and nobody wins. Okay, nobody's punished. Okay. Well, okay, yeah. Are you still looking yours up? Or are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. What? Do you, no, I, dude. I did. I was here since like noon, and so I've done all my studying and all my prepping while you were on Facebook you, playing games. No, you and were in the other room, out like with your nephew, pizza, and you freaking and hanging out with your nephew, and they're having a good old grand time. You're eating Chatting pizza. Chatting about the good old days. Playing games. At Margaret's house for Thanksgiving. All right. I'll go first then. Okay, go first. All right. Utah State and BYU face each other this Saturday. We just talked about that. And one of the guys I thought should or could be an X Factor could be a big. No other way to say it. X Factor for Utah State Jeez. is Justin Bean. And he has been phenomenal with the nose for the ball, getting rebounds. And so. I think that could be a really big role. I think the rebound margin could be important for Utah State in this one. But for Justin Bean specifically, I'm setting his rebounds at 11.5. Do you go over or under? Under. I'm going to take the over. And then specifically, well, just maybe not specifically, opposite. Generally, about rebounding in this game, Utah State will have uh, the rebounding margin against BYU at plus seven and a half. Do you go over or under? Wait, who plus seven and a half? USU rebounding margin over BYU, plus seven and a half. Under. I am also going to go under. I think it'll be close. Yeah, me too. No, it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. And then finally, my last one, Alec Burks, the Golden State Warriors, visit Utah on Friday. Burks has proven to be a nice find for the Warriors. And I'm, he's coming back to Utah where he used to play. So I'm setting his line for points at 18.5. Alec Burks, 18.5 points for the Warriors against Under. the Jazz. I'm going to go over. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens take on the hapless Jets. Lamar Jackson, also a uh, top MVP candidate. Lamar Jackson, total yardage, 175 and a half yards, over under. 175? And a half. Over? Over as well for me. You might have to put another 100 on that one. Yeah, the way he's going right now, huh? Uh, Utah versus Weber State. Weber State's been really bad this year. Utah's kind of starting to put it together. It's taking a little bit of time. Ryland Jones, 17.5 points versus Weber State. Over under. Former Logan High product. Ryland Jones points mm-hmm. at what? 17.5. Uh, ooh, against Weber State. I think he'll get that. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. Yep, they have nobody else that can guard him. <sighs> All right, and then finally, Utah over Weber State, margin of victory, 19.5, over under. 19.5 versus Weber State, 
I'm going to say under. Yes, we're waiting on yours, your selection that you put out there. I'm going to say over. Stop looking at your phone. Dude, he just... Under? Phone. Yes. No, I said over. You're not even listening to me. <laughs> over? Yes. Stop looking at your phone. Play the game. All right. Oh, shut it. You play the Okay. Game. Justin Bean rebounds, 11 and a half. I went over. Ajay goes under. USU rebounding margin versus BYU, <laughs> plus seven and a half. We both took the under. Alec Burke points uh, at Utah on Friday at 18 and a half. I took the over. Ajay took the under. Lamar Jackson total yardage against the Jets at 175 and a half. We both took the over. Rylan Jones points against Weber State at 17 and a half. We both took the over. And then Utah versus Weber. Well, Utah margin of victory over Weber State. 19 and a half points. I went under. Ajay took the over. All right, that's our pick six for this week. I got to take a quick break. Uh, some thoughts, some final thoughts about some coaching changes in the Mountain West. And we do have a score update from uh, Mountain Crest in their game. So we'll talk about that coming up next in the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. I want to make one thing clear. So the text message I was reading was from someone important who wanted to share with the Valley what was going on in local sports, and you yelled at me about it. We're right in the middle so of doing our own game. Oh, like you care. We haven't done it for two you're weeks. You're on the line You here. don't even care or else you would have tried to put some effort in. Okay, what's your guess, AJ? Oh, we need a tiebreaker. Crickets. We need a tiebreaker. Crickets. Oh, yes, we do. You freaking moldy corn dog. Uh, pick the score for Utah State BYU. Oh shoot, man! Uh, I'm gonna say eighty-two. Uh, yeah, eighty-two seventy-nine BYU. Okay, that's AJ. For me, I'm gonna say USU eighty-five BYU eighty. Okay. Uh, by the way, AJ Knight, who called the Mount Crest game, uh, has announced that uh, Bonneville beats Mount Crest 64-53 in the first game of the Preston tournament. Bonneville led 28-22 with three minutes left in the second and pushed it to a 16-point lead with 4.30 left in the third. Mount Crest went scoreless for over six minutes, which has really been the theme of their season so far. It's kind of hard to win games when you do that. Happens. Uh, we mentioned this the other day, but again, reminder, um, UNLV... They have hired the offensive coordinator from Oregon yeah. to be their next head coach. I don't know why he left. I guess. Th- I mean, you got to start. Know. He was somewhere. doing okay. Yeah, but I mean, you got to start somewhere. But dude, he chose. I mean, brand new I think stadium. The expectations there, from what I've been reading, the expectations in Oregon is that being good is not good enough. You have to be spectacular. Correct. And there's some people that just weren't satisfied with what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, Colorado State Rams have hired. Adagio, from, who just got let go from Boston College. Dude, that wasn't a... That's a really weird hire. So, I don't know who got more crap. Either USC hiring Clay Helm back or Colorado State hiring Adazio. Because both are like, you check both Twitter feeds and it's not pretty. 
ratio is not in their favor. I'm just, I still am baffled why Colorado State thinks they have to go find somebody who's been in a power conference um, from somewhere completely out of the area to come and be their head coach. Yeah, I called a lazy hire. Honestly. Yeah. I think they could have done better than that. I was trying to revive I feel his bad career. I, I really thought Jay Hill would have been a great candidate for that job. I honestly still openings like, at New Mexico and at Fresno State. Those I think have see, not that's been another yet. one. Jay Hill could end up maybe. I don't know why anybody's not looking at him if if they are or not. But I don't know why you wouldn't. He'd be a great candidate. Yeah, no kidding. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Skyview basketball is coming up next. We may or may not be back here tomorrow. We'll find out tonight. Uh, Listen yeah. to the game and you'll find out for yourself. Yeah, have to find out. Listen to the game in its entirety. Johnny John on the call? Hurricane John Newbold. John John? No. You Hur- called him Johnny Boy. No, I called him Johnny. No, wait, no. You called him Johnny I call Boy. Him Johnny I called Boy. him John John. Hur- I called him Proper John- terminology is Hurricane John Newbold. Well, they, he comes you in like said a that the first like time then because you offended him. And he's still angry with you too. Skyview Basketball is next.